everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls with Dogs. I am Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are Girls with Dogs. How you doing, Kathy? And you're just a smiling away. I love it. <laughs> I am great. I did a little um, yard work this morning with Lee, trying to mimic you and Johan. Um, I have like five square yards to your five acres, but it's okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, we're doing yard work today, but I'm really excited because today we were able to bring back your, one of your favorite podcast guests, um, <laughs> veterinarian nurse practitioner, Kaki Lanko. I think I said that <laughs> Good right. job. Got it? <laughs> I was waiting for you. <laughs> you know, um, side note, this information that you confession number 62 you know that you don't necessarily need i know khaki because she is a phenomenal um uber driver slash therapy dog Mm -hmm. um in our program but so i never use her last name i always just call her khaki or you know she is wallace's mom so it just dawned on me that i needed to practice to make sure i could say it correctly I don't know what the episode is, but Kimberly's going to put it in the comments when she um, puts this up for you all to listen to. But we did have Kaki come um, once before, and it was just such easy conversation, lots of great comments. So we wanted to bring her back because she had been telling me privately about a new cancer um, method that is now being used on animals. And we also wanted to tap into her resources and talk a little bit about the aging process in dogs. Lots of of things going on now about cognitive dysfunction in canines. Um, She's got over 30 years in the business. So we're so happy to have her back. Hey, Kaki. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. And you? I'm excellent. I also did a little bit of yard work, but this is a nice break. Yes, (laughs) Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, this is not as hot in June as we're used to. Not at all. A lot of people seem to be out with gloves on and little stools, you know, with their ear- earbuds on, just kind of getting the weeds up. So it's been a good Saturday thus far. Yeah. Yes. So when we talked, you were excited about some new cancer treatments. I think the last time you talked, Kimberly's dog was still um, with her. Mm-hmm. And um, I told you before, you know, um, that she had since passed, but what a remarkable testament to all of the things that Kimberly did to keep her dog um, happy and content much longer than the average statistics um, would have have given. So, you know, we really wanted to talk to you about these new cancer methods. Okay. Uh, well, I think that we we touched on a little bit the last time about the prevalence of cancer in the specifically the canine community. A lot, a lot less is known about feline cancer, but the cancer rate in canines is almost exactly the same as the cancer rate in humans. And I think pet parents, I know having talked to pet parents, there is a, a shock to that and the shock that they share the same cancers that we have. Um, and, and so when you talk about cancer, if you can put it in that perspective to your client or to the pet parent, 
they will start to understand because they've heard of some of these cancers before. Um, They may, in fact, have already had a pet that had a particular type of cancer. Um, About a quarter of dogs will develop some type of neoplasia in their lifetime. So one in four, just like people. Um, About half of all dogs over the age of 10 will develop some some form of of neoplasia. Um, And when you're talking about you know, canine cognitive dysfunction and, and over the age of 10, I mean, that's really, that's really what you're talking about. That, that age group is the age group where we see huge change in the canine community. And, um, there, there are lots of exciting things on the horizon in the veterinary field. But one of the things I talked briefly to Kathy about was a new, a new test. Um, and it is new meaning they just established this in 2021. Um, and it is, it, it's, it is a blood test. Um, it is, I don't want to say marketed, but there is some terminology used with it called liquid biopsy. But I think that can be very misleading. It is detection and it's done with a non-invasive blood draw at your vet's office um, so that you can, I mean, if you're having your pet go to the veterinarian at least once a year, hopefully more, um, they're recommending that you do annual blood work anyway, um, so that we can look at everything that's going on in the body. And this is the same, in essence, the same type of drawing blood used using different tubes and having different tests run. But as far as screening goes, readily available. You don't have to go to the specialist. Um, All you have to do is talk to your vet about it, ask them, and then kind of go through the, if you should have your pet tested and what you might find out if you have them tested and kind of go from there with your vet. So that's really and truly kind of brand new to us. And it is going to, it is going to really change the veterinary world, I think, as far as early detection and early treatment. We're only about a year and a half into it. And their tests the ability to detect different types of cancer is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger the longer we have this particular test out there and as and as they continue to improve the test so who who is recommend like who are they recommending doing the test is it just sort of like dogs that are older or dogs that come in a high risk category or everyone so both yeah, so both. Um, certainly, dogs that are older, again, um, you know, the chances are greater, you know, about half if they're over 10, that they're going to develop a type of cancer. But there are definitely specific breeds. Um, you, you know, you, we love them and we have 
created them to be very specific lines and lineages. And because of that, we do breed in um, some high-risk factors and some issues. Let's just talk about the most common forms, like lymphoma. Okay. Um, lymphoma is, is extremely common um, in, in, in dogs, and golden retrievers are sort of the picture breed. So when someone says lymphoma in the veterinary community, yes, any dog can develop it and cats can develop it as well. But the picture in your mind is like, it's, it's classic for, for golden retrievers. If you have a golden retriever, there are lots of different tests available to you to to screen. Um, you screen them for different eye diseases. If you're going to breed them, you screen them for hip dysplasia. If you're going to breed them, you can cancer screen as well. So maybe you get a young golden and you've had a golden before and it had lymphoma and you just want to know, you can start screening them. Again, it's non-invasive. Um, and it is going to give you a little bit of peace of mind that you might not have otherwise. Now, is it going to tell you your pet's never going to get cancer? No, because it is actually looking for that, that change in the, in the DNA. So if there isn't any change, it's going to come back and it's going to say nothing detected. If it, if it detects something, it's going to come back and it's going to say, hey, this is what we've detected. That's not a diagnosis that's saying it's been detected. And now you and your vet can plan on the next stages. When your dog might have just been cruising along, acting completely normal, you would have never known. And you're finding something before it has the chance to become something become something or show up when it is typically found now, which is after the dog is symptomatic or after the regular blood work has shown a huge deficit in white blood cells and there's nothing there. I mean, it, so it is a tool to be used for screening. It is certainly a tool that you can use if the pet has had cancer before has been treated, whether that's a cancer that is treated with chemo and radiation, whether it's a cancer that is strictly treated with excisional biopsy. Um, you can still do this as a routine yearly, just like in people, you go back and you do, and you're doing your routine screening. You can do it then as well. So before or after a diagnosis, um, age-related, breed-related, peace of mind as long as as long as the client is aware it is not it is a screening tool just like a mammogram it's a screening tool we don't see it today there isn't evidence today come back do it again we're going to keep doing it and that's how you know the community has changed so much in that particular cancer in women is if we can get the screening out there, we can start preventing it from taking our dogs.
How many, how um, I wonder how popular or the, the usage is for when you take your dog to the vet and they want to do blood screening or they want to just throw blood for your annual um, vet visit. Are they, is it common practice to discuss that, to offer that? Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, it's available and it is something that we do offer. There are lots of different types of conversations you can have. I mean, once once the signs of cancer are, are present and obvious, um, using this as a diagnostic tool is not something that we would recommend. Um, Unless for some reason, the way to truly diagnose is is so out of the medical possibility for our clients. So if they absolutely couldn't do something, um, if the cancer is perhaps a mediastinal mass, so you know you you're you just can't get to that mass to take a sample, you could use this um, to try to get more of a differential diagnosis. But typically at that stage, we're sending you to the oncologist and you're having that conversation. So this is still something that is very new. And I don't want to say boutique because it's not. It's, it, can, it can be easily accessed at your veterinarian. It's just Clients have got to be pet parents. Clients have got to be willing to pay for it. And you know, when you're when you're talking about that, it's sometimes it's just even though it's easy for us to do, it's still outside the budget. Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question because since it's so new, usually you need um, a lot. It needs something needs to become more common before it can sort of like the cost of it starts going down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's, I say it's not extreme. It depends on your budget. I mean, it's not regular blood work, but you, you know, if you want to do it annually or biannually, or, you know, you're looking at around $600 um, to have the test run you look at what um, an Embark DNA test costs and you know, you're getting information off of that test. That test has been around a very long time, mm -hmm. um, but it's still, you know, 160, I think for that. Mm -hmm. And it's just telling you, it's telling you essentially what, what we're finding, which is what are, what are they seeing on the DNA of the dog? And a lot of people find that extremely valuable. So yes, this is only looking for certain things, but it is an extremely valuable tool if you are able to invest in it. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's so Sorry, right now. Really? I'm laughing because um, I don't know. It's just like, it's one of those things where it's so hard you know, it's having a dog is so hard. Having a dog used to be so easy, but having a dog 
is so hard today. I mean, of course it's worth it, but there's always all of these things. And um, it's just like, it's one more thing that we have to try and juggle and it's not to minimize it. Um, It's so important and it gives peace of mind. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm grateful for the tool but now I'm thinking about, you know, I have four dogs, $600 mm-hmm. per dog, you know, and, and it right. does, you have to think about, you know, what are the risk factors? What are you doing? Um, it's, I th- I'm thinking about, you know, years ago when people used to say, oh, well, you know, m- mutts are healthier than mixed breed dogs because, mm-hmm. because you, they're mutts, all the bad stuff has been bred out of them. And we know today that that's so not true. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, that's just like, oh man. Fluffy's sick. Throw him outside. Let him eat grass. He'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they will vomit. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. But Kimberly, that was an unrehearsed, perfect segue into the next um, subject. Yeah. So that was like, that was great timing. So Khaki, I'm having some struggles. Now we're going to talk about, you know, aging dogs and stuff. And, and this is a lot of what Kimberly had already said, but expanding it from just the the new cancer um, method that you talked about through blood draws. I've never had a dog before. Harley's my really first dog. He's 14. I'm watching some things that um, it was really causing a lot of restless nights. I was worrying the hell out of Kimberly because she's my conscience. But at the end of the day, I knew that there was a lot I did not know. So. I made um, a quality of life appointment with his vet. And it was to do nothing but to go to sit, let them look at him, watch him move about in the office, um, in the vet office, and um, help me understand what, what that looks like. Everybody talks about quality of life. And, you know, Kimberly, After 90 minutes, and that's how long I was in there, after 90 minutes of talking to them, and it was all beneficial information, she summed it up so well. She said to me, at the end of the day, Kathy, you have to look at, does Harley do the things he used to enjoy? And that was the simplest, but most profound sentence, you know, if only I could have found that sentence in Google and maybe I just didn't see it. I didn't want to see it, but he's going through a lot of different things. Um, and I'm going to explain that, but based on what Kimberly was smiling about, we, it is too difficult. I sat and listened. You would have thought I was trying to buy a car. And all I wanted to do was find out, is there anything that we can do for the arthritis? The fact that the muscle in his back hind quarters is just theoretically gone now. Um, so we we can't stand for even short periods of time. Um, you can tell, I mean, we're, I'm helping him go up and down the stairs. So we started out trying to offer me like a Bentley. And then we went to the Rolls. And then we went, you know, to the Tesla. And I said, let me stop you. You know, because you're gonna, I'm gonna take me to the Hummer. I just want to be in an economy SUV kind of category. So they were all, and I, I, and I love my vet. They weren't. I wasn't angry with them, but it was too many choices. We could do mm-hmm. this. 
which will run you about $600 every two weeks. So we could do this, which will run you, you know, we went from acupuncture to, um, what was the other thing? Laser treatment. Laser therapy. Mm-hmm. And, but they all come when you talk about the, and you know, I stop because let's talk about the risk factors. And the risk factors were minimal with the one exception that was huge. We have to do this for at least three months. And there's no guarantee that after the three months, we'll see any changes. Well, you know, you all would have taken theoretically a house note from me. Um, And Harley's aged out of his insurance. So, and I know I'm not in that category alone, but, you know, like Kimberly said, sometimes we've just, we've got too many choices and there's too much positive information out there where it becomes overwhelming. um, But we did find that, you know, I did describe something which I knew was cognitive dysfunction, um, but I don't understand it. And I, I didn't ask the vet. Harley walks around in circles. And it was so interesting that when I told them that, the question they asked me was in which direction hmm. and I thought about it. And I said, counterclockwise and they nodded their head. Is there a difference in the direction that they go? There is. Um, that's very typical with um, canine cognitive dysfunction syndrome, where they will circle counterclockwise over and over and over and over again. And you can stop them and, and try to reset them and, and if they're mobile at the same time, reset them and and then they'll sort of pick up and move to a different area. Um, but it is very common. Finding them in the corner, very common. Um, you know, finding them standing in the middle of a room, just standing there is very common just because they have forgotten what they were doing, where they were going and and they just it's not like there isn't anything there but they are they have dementia i mean it's it's that point they can't and and we do have non-invasive ways to treat that the medicine for uh, cognitive dysfunction has been out for a while and it is very helpful really uh, terribly helpful um but it it's one of those things where when you have that conversation with a client, yes, it will it will bring that connection you have with your dog back. It will make your dog m- more here and less in the ether. But it doesn't stop the aging process and it doesn't stop the, the t- deterioration. It is helping them in the here and now. So it's not reversing anything. And it's it's just making it better right now. And you have to make, you have to plan for that. You have to plan for it's going to come back. It eventually, you know, will get to the point where, you know, the medicine doesn't help anymore and, or you'll get to the point where the body fails, Uh, you know, so it's, it's very difficult. I can't imagine what it's like in the people world um, to, to deal with dementia and, and Alzheimer's and, and, you know, but I, I know what it's like to look in your pet's eyes and want to see them look back at you. And when they have significant CDS, you're looking at them and they are not looking back at you. And that breaks your heart. And 
Um, so we try to give that back by by talking to our clients early if they're describing those symptoms about what can be done. Um, you know, what you've got going on with Harley is a little bit different. I mean, Harley's 14, right? And a half. He'll be 15 this fall. Yes. So you've aged out of the insurance because it's just almost unheard of for them to, to live that long. I mean, we just don't see, um, you know, large dogs, whether they're doodles or poodles or retrievers or labs, they just typically don't live that long. And so when you get to that age, their bodies are just not able to to do what they used to do. And so you have the massive muscle wasting and you have this, the canine, you know, dysfunction syndrome and you have, you know, usually lots of vision impairment and hearing impairment. I mean, you have everything that is coming to us. Should we make it to, you know, 80, 85 and 90, which is really where they are. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, so the visible signs with the walking in circles and what makes it worse, stupid me. The first time I saw it, he was doing it on a circular rug. <laughs> and so, hey, I can only be honest. And so, so you I, thought he was like laying down because I would think that he was just trying to find a way to lay down. Yes. And he just was staying on the rug. Mm-hmm. OK, that's what I thought. But, you know, I noticed that, you know, Harley will go behind. He'll walk along the wall to get behind a chair to then try to go through the chair legs to come out on the other side, the getting stuck thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of it, it kind of came instantly. We were just struggling with the arthritis in the hind quarter area. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I started to notice that something wasn't right. But here's something that I did not say to the vet. Stupid me again. Because I didn't want to sound crazy, but I'm okay sounding <laughs> crazy to people that I love and to the rest of the world that doesn't know me, right? We hear crazy all day long. I bet mm-hmm. this is not. Jax will not stay in a room with Harley anymore. And this has been going on for the last three, four weeks. He'll be in the room with me and Jax is my post-it. I mean, he's like Velcro with me. And if Harley comes in the room, Harley's going to go straight to Jax. The room can be empty and Jax could be the only thing in it. And he'll go all the way up to maybe step on or try to step over and want to lay with Jax. And Jax will get up immediately and either leave the room or go to another side of the room. And I don't understand that. It is very obvious. They used to almost be like Clydesdale's pulling a, a wagon together side by side constantly as if they were um, tethered. But no, none at all. He stays clear of Harley completely. Is it any method? Is this on my imagination? Oh, I doubt it's your imagination. I mean, especially, I mean, you've, you've had them together for quite some time. So, um, you know, I'm not, uh, this is a question probably for a canine behaviorist because it is it is clearly something that is happening where you know Jax is 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 physically and also probably emotionally distancing himself from Harley whether it's because he senses you know 
Harley's changes and doesn't want to be around um, or whether, you know, he's just, he's done with the, the constant need. I mean, I'm, that is, yeah. they are it, so smart. They are so yeah. smart that, you know, I, it would take a lot of unboxing to figure out why he's doing it but he is obviously doing it for a reason. And you of course have to support that and let him go instead of forcing him to stay. And before you came on um, today, I was telling Kimberly that um, when we went to go get the dirt, Lee and I, I said, Lee, um, I'm going to grab Jax's leash. And he said, and leave Harley alone. And I said, I can't, Jax really, we laughed about it initially. I said, he's not a babysitter. He, he can't yeah. do anything. If Harley falls, he can't pick him up. So I don't yeah. know. But, you know, when, when Jackson and I come home from work, it used to be this big reunion in the foyer. You know, right. um, Harley doesn't get up anymore. He may lift his eyes and kind of look at you as if to say, hey, you're home. Good. Right. Dinner must be coming soon. Right. <laughs> um, and Jax would usually go and try to get Harley motivated. Jax will just walk past Harley and get water or go look for Lee or want to go in the back to play ball. Just not interested at all. It is yeah. so, it's so apparent. It's bizarre. And I, I wanted to write about it, Kimberly, but I was like, okay, this is how I lose all my readers because they're like, all right, she's snapped. It's over. Too much wine. She's done. Because no. it's so crazy. But this is what I'm I'm experiencing. Um they did give him, um, we decided to work with the, the joint pain. Right. If there is. Um, and so we're doing a combination of Western and Eastern medicine. So he's on a half a tab of Galaprant mm -hmm. for the next 15 days and once a day. And I am waiting. It should come today with some Chinese herbs for hind quarter um, mm -hmm. inflammation. And, and so that the galloprin is going to be like the base and the Chinese herbs is supposed to help with the inflammation, which would hopefully, and, and also some of the pain relief. The hard thing for me to deal with, and I'm okay now, I fell apart in the vet's office, but she said, let's do this for 15 days and come back to me on the 16th. She said, he's not going to run a marathon, but he should be able to stand longer. He should be able to enjoy his walks after his meals. Okay. And his legs should not tremble like they do now when he is trying to stand. She says, if we don't see any improvement, then Harley may be trying to tell us something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think I can handle that, um, which I, I couldn't when she told me. And right. The first thing I had to do was text Kimberly. And um, I'm not the first. I'm not the last. This is what we all know. But I would love for people, even if they're listening to this and they have a Bella at, you know, one barely two years old or whatever. Um, She's 10 months. See, not even a year old, just a <laughs> baby pup that, you know, you, you don't have to be a blogger, but do some research. 
find people like Kaki to hang out with. Um, you know, don't be afraid to Google and write questions down. Don't wait until the last minute to to do what you can do. If your dog is prone for cancer, maybe that blood test specifically might be not the right thing for you, but there's got to be something out there that you could be cognizant of and aware of so that you can get in front of it as opposed to be chasing behind it. I don't have any regrets about Harley's health. Um, You know, everybody is amazed at 14 and a half that his teeth look so good. And Harley has never had them professionally clean. Um, So I'm okay with all of the things that I've done. I don't know maybe if I could have done the cognitive medication two years ago, but two years ago, there were absolutely no signs. And two years ago, I didn't even know what cognitive dysfunction was. So I didn't know about these things until I started to see it. And then I wanted to research and find out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think it's also important to know, because I see this within the fresh food community. I know that a lot of people come to like raw feeding or cooking for their dogs because of a health issue. And then when their dog declines, um, they're kicking themselves because I wish I would have known about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But every dog is unique and there's no guarantee that what worked for one dog is going to work for another dog. I, you know, Scout lived a year and a half, more than a year and a half after a lymphoma diagnosis. That does not mean that everything that I did for him is now, you know, gospel and everyone should follow those steps and they'll have the same success. It's just that I could have gotten lucky that the information that I had just happened to connect up with the dog that he was and we got that outcome. You know, Rodrigo is 13. He turned 13 in March and he's getting older. You know, he's has some muscle waste. Um, He has a little bit of cloudiness over his eyes. He gets CBD oil on a daily basis. Um, And I think that that does help. But does that mean it's going to work for everyone? No, it may work for some people. It may work for other people. Another thing both of you guys have talked about or just lightly brushed on is the amount of time it takes to see um, improvement with some of the traditional medications, they're created so that we get relief right away. But when it comes to holistic, it can take some time. And so you're talking about three months and then still, like you said, Kathy, there's still no guarantee that you're going to see what you need to see. I mean, Scout was going through acupuncture as his lymph nodes were growing. So um, we have to have... um, a realistic attitude of the fact that our dogs are aging, they will pass on, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that people can, as you are in this moment, Kathy, appreciating the life that they gave to their dogs and not regretting the life that their dog has, because there should be no regrets. I mean, we love them, we care for them and we do our best for them. And with all these options and choices, and I know that after Scout passed away, I struggled with what if I had just done this? 
Or what if I had just, I mean, I emptied out my savings, keeping this dog alive. So, you know, I don't think that there's really anything more I could have done. Mm -hmm. I mean, cancer got him. And I just, I hope that anyone who's going through the same thing right now can take a step back and understand, you know, we do the best that we can, but our dogs will eventually go. Well, it's the most comforting thing that somebody had said to me uh, is that I gave Harley to so many strangers for so many years um, doing therapy work that now he's on Jesus time so that he can be all of mine. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of how how I have looked at it because like Kaki said, 14 and a half for a standard size golden doodle is kind of rare. There are some that you hear that live 15 years and, you know, they just have, you know, they just pass in their sleep and nobody ever knew that they were sick. Um, You know, it's amazing that the only thing Harley really deals with physically um, is a hernia that they detected about two years ago. And they just said then that they would not risk doing the surgery because it's lengthy and he was 12 and they said um, it will never become cancerous. It's just makes his stuff, his junk look like it's hanging down like a cow, but I mean, you know, he, it never seemed to bother him. So, you know, we just kept going with it, but so physically um, he's been fine, but he's just, he's an old man now. And the only thing I did not know was people kept saying, well, you know, it's all about quality of life. And and it started khaki because he has what I call, I named it Tilt-A-World. So Harley can be walking on flat ground, but in his mind, on any given moment, his world must tilt. And he'll start walking like a drunk person and Mm -hmm. then topple over. And we could be walking on a sidewalk. It can happen in the house. And so I was like, uh-oh, tilt the world, tilt the world. And I'll try to get him before he, he goes down. Right. Almost like a drunk calf. Um, and so one day we were outside. I was saying about it, my sister-in-law, and how he was walking horizontally on the porch past the porch steps. And tilt the world happened before I could get him. And so, yes, it was horrific to watch my dog slide down six cement steps. You know, I screamed, my sister-in-law screamed. I grabbed him, checked him like I knew what I was feeling for. But I guess at the end, it made me feel better. Right. And, um, but she called me like two days after that. And she said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. She said, but Harley is suffering. And so, hey, Wallace. And so that's... Uh, <laughs> That's what kind of made me start thinking, well, what is quality of life? And nobody could really give me a definition. Everybody kept saying, you'll know. And I'm like, what do you mean I'll know? What am I supposed to know? And so I went to Lee and I said, Lee, is Harley's quality life so bad now that we need to start having that conversation? And his thing was like, girl, please, Harley's fine. But I realized that that's what Lee and Kathy want. We want Harley to be fine. So we look for out of 12 hours of being awake, you know, if I get 15 minutes of a glimmer of, you know, we're fine. So she, she really helped me with that. 
She said, does he still enjoy all the things that he's always enjoyed in the past? And to be honest with you, right now, I can tell you that Harley doesn't do any of the things that he did in the past. Harley has been in the same position since nine o'clock this morning when we came back from our walk. He has not moved. Maybe a leg has crossed another leg, but this is where he'll be. Kimberly would tell you around now, Harley would be upstairs with me trying to let me know it's time for him to eat. That's not happening. He's not coming up because he can't. But what, and that's what you have to find out. Is it, is it due to pain or is it due to he's done? And without doing at least a, a short, a short test, a two week, a two week test to say, if, if I try this and I see improvement, great that improvement makes him be more present. It makes him be with me more. It makes him want to do things. He's 14 and a half. He's, she's right. He's never going to run a marathon. Again, as we age as humans, we don't do the same things. You know, when my dad got older, he gave up his motorcycle. Then he got older and he gave up his boat because he didn't feel comfortable doing those things anymore. And he, you know, he didn't want to get hurt. And you see it. I mean, you do, you do fewer things. Now you might still read books and stuff like that. Dogs don't read books, but if he engages with you in a different way that he would enjoy, if he snuggles with you, if he sits with you, looks at you in the eye, lets you pet him, that's, you know, that might be what he can do now. The fact that he's still going on walks at 14 and a half with muscle wasting in his hind limbs. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. Maybe it's not so much going on walks. Maybe it's sitting on the porch and watching you have your glass of wine while you pet him and talk to him about your day. But you'll have the next two weeks to decide if you if you get some of that engagement back. Mm-hmm. What I would say, and I've had a lot of dogs. Um, I've had them taken from me by cancer before I could even start to fight it two died in surgery. You know, I've had one die at home. I mean, I've, I've gone through the gamut and the past three dogs I have, I have chosen to help and to euthanize, um, have been the better for it and, and setting it up so that it happens the way you want it to happen for your companion and being able to choose the where and the when and the how um, was, it, it, it is a gift that we can give them. And so when the time comes and you and Lee discuss and have that, that plan it, I mean, you have the ability to plan it out, which is hard, but it's a huge gift. And, um, and there are lots of people that can talk you through that, me being one of them, but they all deserve that chance to sort of re reconnect. Um, and, uh, I think that's, that's what you're doing now. And, and that's what we try to talk to our clients about. And that's, that's the sad part of having them is they, they're not going to be with us the whole time. And and um well i'm going to stay in denial 
Yeah. <laughs> I like living there. I'm staying in denial. I'm putting all, all of my eggs and some of Kimberly's too. In, in, in the basket. That this galloprant and these Chinese herbs um, are going to work. And, you know, I would much rather have him naturally as long as possible. But right. I will not selfishly make him stay on this side of the bridge and be in pain. That I won't right. do. So we, we just have to, to see, you know, how, how that works. But any advice to the people out there who have eight, nine, and 10-year-old dogs? Is there anything that they should possibly start looking into in terms of joint reinforcement? So um, there are, so yes, so omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids are one of the best things that you can give your pet and humans as well um, for a variety of reasons. They help with skin and hair coat, they help with inflammation, and they help with um, joints. And cognitive. And and cognitive, yes, now we're using it. uh, for cognitive. So omega-6 and omega-3s, wonderful. Um, there are lots of different nutraceuticals specifically designed for joint health. Um, you know, I would say, ask your vet before you go and buy one and don't go to GNC. That's human. They're, they're dogs. So they need, they need something different. Really and truly, Paying attention to what your dog does every day, making sure that your dog is not overweight. More than 60% of, of dogs that we see are overweight. And that is that is hugely hurtful. And it is 100% to blame on the pet parent. You know, our dogs don't have thumbs. Like they can't open the canned food. They can't get in the pantry, climb up on the racks and grab the snacks. I mean, it's overfeeding from the pet parent. And that does such horrible damage to the joints um, and the cardiovascular system of the pets. Um, So not letting them be overweight and making them have daily exercise. They have to have the exercise for physical health and for mental stimulation. You want your dogs to be engaged with you and and a, a happy dog is going to be one that is physically tired and mentally stimulated. And that doesn't mean you, you know, you have to do anything crazy. You don't have to run marathons or sign them up for, you know, all sorts of classes, but it means you're their best friend. They want you to play with them. They want to take walks with you. They want to hang out with you, feed them appropriately, start the supplements, especially on those larger dogs early, like, I mean, I've got two pugs and they're both on supplements and they're two years old. Like there's joint supplements are good and um, just choose, choose the right one. CBD oil is great. Um, It has lots of anti-inflammatory properties in it. And we do recommend it for a lot of patients. Bella is on a joint supplement. Bella is get CBD oil every night. And, um, I, I give my dogs lifeline fish oil. I alternate between their salmon oil, their salmon and fish oil. And then they have a hemp seed fish oil that I alternate between. And Bella 
And once I decided that we were keeping her, she was a foster fail, put her on all of that. And I actually think that this is the reason why she's doing so well. I haven't told you this, Kathy, but one of her siblings is having a lot of joint issues Mm. and Bella is showing signs of the same thing. It's just that hers hasn't progressed. And I think it's because of the fact that, you know, I, the second I heard about her sister, I had her on joint stuff. I had her doing the CBD oil. I actually just did the CBD oil because I was giving it to the other dogs and she came in front of me and sat down and opened her mouth. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right. And and I just kept it up. But um, I think it it ended up working out well for her. You know, but again, I don't, you know, all of these things, we're just stumbling into these things and learning so much. Yes, yes. So, I'm going to try to do a deeper dive. Um and and learn more about these Chinese herbs mm-hmm. um, because I think that they also could be a great supplement for um, for Jacks as well because right now at eight he's not on anything. I mean, you know, he has the liver tonic, the omega six, but for the most point, most part, he's not on any kind of joint supplement or cognitive anything. Um, because quite frankly, Jax hasn't grown up yet. He's just <laughs> eight for him is truly a number. <laughs> That's it. That's how long he's been on the planet. It has nothing to do with his age. Trust me. Well, you know, the boys mature much later. So he's still got a couple of years before he gets his yes. mature. <laughs> yes, Lord. Um, you just, you have no idea. Um, but Kimberly, I don't know. If, do you have anything else for Kathy? No, beyond a thank you so very much. It's, this is of like, just, I mean, it was kind of a downer of a conversation, but such an important conversation to have. I think that we don't talk about these things because they are such a downer and no one wants to look yeah. at their dog and think about the ending. We just want to talk about the now, but I hope people listening can understand that w- even if your dog isn't there yet, there are so many things you could be doing right now that will either um, decrease those symptoms down the line or push them back so that your dog isn't going through through them. And I, I mean, there are so many things. When I look back at Sydney, who died of hemangiosarcoma and Scout, who died of lymphoma, it was all of the things that I did before they were diagnosed that help them survive a diagnosis longer than what the veterinarian predicted. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just one of those things to think about. And again, there's so many options out there and I know it can be so overwhelming as to what can we do? What should we do? But um, the information is out there and I love, you know, sharing about the omega-3 fatty acids, you know, a joint supplement. That's such a great start just right there. Yeah. Well, even and oil. if if you think about what <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing as people, we're supposed to be doing the same thing. I mean, if you and and I think that's kind of where the fail is. I mean, how many people just hang out, eat at McDonald's, and don't you know don't take walks and exercise and take care of themselves? We, you know, we. So if we're not good stewards of our own body, that's our fault. But we have to be good stewards of the gift that we've been given in our pets. Mm-hmm. And that means talking to people, asking people, 
utilize the resources that are there. Your veterinarians are there to, to talk to you. If you if you don't like what your vet says, then get a second opinion. Um, you know, but Eastern medicine and Western medicine work hand in hand. They do. Yes, um, they do. They do. And they do in human medicine and in veterinary medicine. And and your vet should not shoot you down if you say, I want to approach it from, from both sides. And yes, start them early on, on supplementation, which aids in the body. They're aging so much faster than we are. And we have to remember that just because they're 10 months old doesn't mean supplementing is too early mm-hmm. because they're really, their body is, is losing and and not at all stumbling along like we are. So, yep. Thank you so next, much. Jackie. Next time you have me on, we can talk about something fun. I know, please. <laughs> well, now, I don't exactly, this was therapeutic for me. So, I don't, <laughs> um, well, I mean, it was for me too. It does make you think, and there are a lot of reminders, you know, because I, I recently changed my phone to, you know, you have those fitness apps on the phones. Mm-hmm. And I get, I make sure I get 10,000 steps a day. And that is so crucial to me to make sure I get my dogs walked. Cause there are so many days where I'm so busy. We live on five acres and I'm just like, you know what? They can just run around outside and no, and I'll go outside with them with my fitness thing. And it's like, they're hardly getting any type of exercise running around, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes outside. Mm-hmm. And so I make sure I'm now walking my dogs once or twice a day and, yep. and, and they enjoy it. They love it. Rodrigo is older. He isn't very good on going on long walks. So for him, I'll just take him out with just him and we'll walk the perimeter of our property a few times. And he does really good since he's on grass, yep. it's easier on his joints. Um, and it's just, but, and it gets me closer to my 10,000 steps. That's what you have to do. I do it. <laughs> But it's just like, that's how I'm able to get it done. But, you know, it's, it's, you gave us a lot of things to think about. Yes, you did. You did. Well, I, I enjoyed being here. Well, good. So we'll definitely bring you back and it'll be about something totally different. I promise. <laughs> okay. Um, but thanks, Kaki, so much. Hugs to Wallace for me. I will. Thanks, ladies. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. That was so great. That was so great. Well, it was a real serious conversation that, and I'm okay sharing this because I was watching people's expressions like at work and I said, I have a quality of life appointment, you know, for Harley. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, no, it's not that. I just want to talk. Well, it's so important to do because you do, that's what's going to help you. And I know that when, like when Sydney was, was, um, basically getting ready to depart. Um, I got a lot of, cause you know, I wrote all about my experience with hemangiosarcoma. I wrote about my experience with lymphoma. So I still get questions from people who reach those diagnoses. The thing that's heartbreaking to me is I'm getting emails from people who have dogs that are three years old and four years old and they have cancer. And so it's, it's scary. It's overwhelming and you do not know what to do. But one question that I have gotten is, how do I know when it's time to stop? And the the veterinarian that I had at the time, Dr. Sherry Goodry of Helping Hands, she told me 
when you are having more good or bad days than good days, that's when it's time to start thinking about it. And I love what Kaki said about, you know, cause you were like, he doesn't do any of the things that he used to enjoy. And she brought it back to none of us do as we get older. So is he enjoying something? And, and that's something that, cause I think that it's so important to remember that for instance, Rodrigo, he used to love to go to walks, go to the dog park. He doesn't like that type of stuff anymore. What he does love to do is explore around the property with me. Or sometimes we'll just go sit in the shade and watch the bicycles go by on the Centennial Trail. He could sit out there for an hour with me and be perfectly happy. And so it's when with Sydney, when she when it was painful for her to do anything where she just was miserable. She wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. She didn't want to move. And it was just, everything was painful for her. That's when I knew that I couldn't keep her in that space. And this is kind of where, kind of sort of where I am. Um, The thing that Harley loved the most to do was be with me. Mm-hmm. And he can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like if I leave, you know, I could, if I was to abruptly turn around, I was going to step on him. Um, he can't follow me around. He can't mm-hmm. be that dog anymore. He just yeah. doesn't have it in him. And so, no, I'm not expecting him to wrestle with Jax or anything like that. But Harley has to wait for me to take him upstairs or wait for me to bring him down. I must lift Harley up to get into his big Barker bed. Harley falls out of his big Barker bed mm-hmm. several times a night. Um, that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And part of me would say, oh, well, you know, he's just getting older. And then the other part of me would say, come on, Kathy, um, this has got to be just miserable. So I just needed somebody to help me now. Yeah. If we can get these medicines to work together and eliminate what he's experiencing with the arthritis and the joint issues, um, and he has a little more mobility, I still will help him up and down the stairs. Yeah. But if you can move about freely mm-hmm. um, on one level, not fall, mm-hmm. and things like that, then that's a home run for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought since she was going to be talking about these things that it was just kind of important to just be freaking honest and say, look, this is this is what I'm dealing with, Um, because I knew she was going to give valuable information. So, yeah, well, I will be praying for Harley. I know, baby. I I will be praying for Harley because. However it goes, I pray that. He does get some more time with you. And I pray that when it is time for him to go, he has a peaceful crossing. Yes. And, um, but I'm, I'm still looking for year 15. Hell, I, I could put <laughs> some money down on year 16. Um, but I, I'm really, really happy. I love going to this vet. I'm going to give them a shout out. Sun dog cat. Moo. And why they're called that, I don't know. But by the time I got there, Dr. Wilson had already talked to Dr. Federoff and Dr. Pruitt. So the three of them who are Harley's and Jax's primary vet, I mean, they all have 
you know, taking care of them in one form or or another. But they all had a powwow before I even got in. That's there. nice. And they looked back records and all of that. And she was so comforting to let me know that there were plenty of different options that we could could look at in terms of trying to help Carl's um, get a little stronger. And so that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see it. What you got planned for the rest of the day? Um, well, today we have a, you know, our rescue has a volunteer event. So after we wrap up here, I was there this morning with Bella and, um, I'm going to go back on my own, um, to wrap it up and then just enjoying the afternoon, the sunny day with my, my pack of dogs here. And I'm going to knock out all of these. I got to edit several podcasts and get them all scheduled out. And maybe I'll watch a movie tonight. That's what I was going to tell you. I hmm. forgot to tell you this. What's that? I am going to be on a podcast. Yeah? Yeah, this is uh, this will be my first live Instagram. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, you say that, but I'm going to be on Instagram live for Therapy Dog Talk. When, Very nice. Yes. Um June 12th, I think. Yes, June 12th. Of course, I will let you know. But um, yeah, so I've got some questions to answer for that. But my neighbors, I have neighbors that are leaving. And I thought this was really a sweet thing to do. They mm-hmm. sold their house. And then they had a few neighbors over to meet the new people. Oh, that's nice. And you know what? It's like what a really neat idea. That's a thoughtful and thing to do. It was only a handful of people. Um Lee and the guy hit it off because he's a career Marine and Lee was, you know, career army. So they were over in the corner, yucking it up, telling a bunch of lies. Cause I, I <laughs> um, but now another neighbor is doing a get together for the people who are leaving. And so we've been invited to that. So I'm going to walk down. Um, I bought wine to take with me. I bought the hostess some flowers. So then Lee said, are you going to get the couple anything? And I was like, nope, because I bought a gift for the little toddler. And so I'll take the um, the gift to the toddler and then um, stay for a co- an hour or so. And then, yeah. Come so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That'll be my night. Well, that sounds like a nice time. I need yeah. to take Apollo out. He's starting to freak out about something. All right, we'll go take him out. And, um, feed Harley, even if he doesn't realize it's nine minutes after four. <laughs> All right. Well, and, have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Oh, side note too. Just so you know, I did think I did talk to the vet about liver tonic and adored beast. Mm-hmm. And I also talked about the MCT oil mm-hmm. from Cocoa Therapy. And so she said she would recommend, she says, you can give Jax the MCT oil for all the things that it's supposed to do. We talked about that last week. She said, but for what you're experiencing with the ears mm-hmm. and uh, yeast, she said, I think you should stay on the liver tonic. Yeah. So like, Good. Okay. Nice. Ordering, ordering some more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, my friend. Have a good one. Bye, Gracie. Bye, Gracie. Thank mm-hmm. you.